Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. everything up here and I've got a whole brand new uh, switchboard everything's completely different <laughs> and so I'm trying to figure out where all the buttons and everything are but I'm getting there so um, anyway welcome to the show everyone today is Thursday July 7th 2011 and hope you all had a great 4th of July holiday uh, appreciate you uh, tuning in this evening as we are currently live from the Sunshine State. And our number, 347-826-9170, uh, if you'd like to be a part of the show. And, of course, as you heard, Donna's standing by as always. So how are you this evening, Donna? I'm um, doing good. It was a It was a busy day, to say the least. A lot going on. Yeah, it is, and well, let's let's try a little, try something a little differently here. I always like to get the announcements you have out there, so let's go through those first, and then we'll get the ball rolling. So, uh, I know it was a big day. What do you have for us? Well, um, as Nancy Grace uh, would say, there's a bombshell tonight, <laughs> and actually it was uh, yesterday, but we'll we'll give it to you tonight. A lot of people are, are already aware of it. Um, the United States and Mexico. Uh, announce safe, secure cross-border trucking. Um, that was a news relief release from the U.S. Department of Transportation. Um, it says the U.S. Uh, Transportation Secretary Ray LaHood and, and uh, Secretary of Communications um, and Transportiers. I'm reading this right from here, so bear with me. Um, probably James Linden is probably laughing at me right now. Dionis Isio Orturo Perez joined today in Mexico City to sign agreements resolving the dispute over long-haul cross-border trucking. And this was kind of a... Um, a quick, uh, almost a, a, a sneaky little trip down there getting this, these papers uh, signed. But anyway, uh, the new program does put safety first, and this is what the news release uh, says, uh, and paves the way uh, for Mexico to lift the tariffs it imposed more than two years ago. Uh, Secretary LaHood went on to say that the agreements signed today are a win for roadway safety and they are a win for trade. Now, anyone who um, who listened uh, to our show, I don't know, it was about a month ago, we had um, 
about NAFTA and cross-border trucking and so forth. Uh, I'm not so sure if it is a win for trade. Uh, we did discuss uh, how NAFTA has hurt Mexico, um, and even though this press release does suggest that it will create jobs and uh, benefit the farmers, uh, from what we saw, the only farmers who are benefiting are the corporate farms that are U.S. subsidized. So I'm not really too sure about that. <clears throat> um, the final program uh, published today addresses the recommendations of over 2,000 comments that were made by the federal motor on the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration in April. Um, you know, I don't know if it really uh, took into account those 2,000 commenters or not. But I uh, will say this, uh, less than two hours after this um, news release was made, OIDA filed uh, in the D.C. Court of Appeals for an injunction. And uh, actually, uh, I mean, the, they got the press release at 1118, and by 1230, uh, they had their um, their their document uh, put in there. So anyway, um, it, what it says is the Owner Operators Independent Drivers Association versus the U.S. Department of uh, Transportation, FMCSA, Ray LaHood, and Ann S. Farrow. So that is their petition um, against this. Also, um, Congressman DeFazio was right on this. I guess everybody was kind of ready. Uh, he had H.R. 2407 uh, ready and and that's out there. Um, that HR two four zero seven states it's to protect the safety of America's roads by limiting the operation of motor carriers domiciled in Mexico beyond muni municipalities and commercial zones on the United States Mexican border to a pilot program. So he was all ready. So I guess um, I guess the DOT has going to have their their hands filled with all this. Um, on their reply, I, I just want to read this. I thought this was really good. It was in Landline. Uh, if the agreement is good for the U.S., why the hell is he, Secretary LaHood, sneaking down there to go sign it? And this was uh, Jim Johnston, president of OIDA, said that. Uh, so much for their supposed transparency. Why not let the public see the details before signing the agreement? And um, I guess uh, OIDA was pretty upset with that, and uh, I guess we could all see why. I just want to read this, too, as part of that petition. Uh, it says, the secretary has exceeded his statutory authority under 49 uh, uh 45C 13902A failed to observe procedures, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I guess they um, they kind of mean business about this. So we'll see what happens, and and we'll keep up on it uh, and see what goes on. Okay, the next thing I wanted to um, talk to everybody about was um, I kind of missed the uh, announcements. Last week, um, we kind of ran out of time, but I do want to thank everybody for their call in on Jason's Law. Uh, it was it was a tremendous day. The phone lines were packed, as uh, was expected. Again, HR one eight zero three and S one one eight seven. That day, we did pick up two new co sponsors, 
and uh, we're real happy about that. I do want to say this, just because it's a one-day call-in doesn't mean, um, you know, we can't call in even once a week and bug our representatives. Um, I, I think that would probably be a good idea. Um, we've called one time since then, and uh, we're, we're going to keep on it and, and just make sure they do. We've, we've also written a letter to our local representative, and Hope uh, Rivenberg herself uh, wrote a letter to our representative because um, we're in a pretty conservative area over here, and it's like pulling teeth to get them to do anything. And uh, I wanted to thank Hope for writing that letter to um, our representative here in Florida. Um, I also wanted to um, just talk a little bit about the 2011 Truck Driver Social Media Convention. Um, as you know, it's on October 15th in Tuna, Mississippi, over at the Gold Strike uh, Casino and Hotel. Of course, we won't be in the casino. We're going to be on the upper floor. Um, they have reserved the upper floor for us. Um, so we'll kind of be away from all that going on. Um, I hope I hope that's a good thing for you guys listening. Um, just to give you an idea, uh, people are uh, at a quicker rate now starting to sign up. Uh, I, the deadline is August 1st, and it looks like we have a lot of last-minute people coming on board, so we're happy about that. Uh, there will be two all-you-can-eat buffets. There's live entertainment, uh, truckers' tracks, with uh, Doug Jones and Johnny Neal, uh, Jan and Jim McCarter, the Keys Truckers. Um, we have wonderful speakers that have uh, tremendous information to offer truck drivers. Um, they are true truck driver advocates within the industry. Uh, so this isn't uh, any kind of a fluff um, a speaker presentation. So we have um, Rich Wilson, who is actually our guest tonight from Trans Products. Uh, he'll be speaking about the regulations. We have trucking employment law speaker Paul Taylor. Um, we have uh, James McCormick uh, to discuss truck driving jobs from Trucking Careers of America. And we have uh, Eddie Kachui to discuss business management. And we also have Austin Walsh for social media. And our latest speaker, um, we spoke to him last week. We're going to have to get his picture up on the website, is um, John Osborne. And everybody knows John. He drives the Merv around the country. Um, and he's going to be a great speaker. He's going to talk about uh, truck driver health and he's uh, he's actually saved lives right while he was uh, driving throughout the country. Drivers going up to the Merv, and and he discovered uh, different ailments, sent them to the um, hospital, and and actually has saved lives. So uh, we're very very um, honored to have him as a speaker. Um, also at the convention, we're going to have the open forum where drivers can stand up, uh, right up to the podium, ask any question they want regarding the trucking industry to any of the um, speakers that we have. And, um, you know, the, the whole idea is to unite, gather, get stronger, uh, become more aware of each other, become more aware of the networks that are available, 
to actually get the uh, non-trucking community involved uh, with with our situations that go on instead of the very negative uh, look that they have uh, on drivers and big trucks and they're out to get them on the highway and all that kind of stuff. So um, let's we're trying to gather a little empathy, kind of like the lobbyists get and the um, advocacy groups. Uh, so this is going to be a wonderful opportunity for us all, and we do look forward to meeting uh, everybody there. Uh, seating is limited. Um, you can go to www.truckingsocialmedia.com, uh, reserve your ticket. Um, let's see. Oh, another thing that we have, uh, we have wonderful people coming uh, besides the speakers. We have Hope Rivenberg, who won the Making a Difference Award, and that will be presented to her from the Load Post. Um, she has won a, um, a vacation, a Florida vacation. We have David and Barry. Uh, that's David Ayers and Barry Allen, the composers of uh, When the Big Rigs Don't Roll, and they've um, written the song Say a Prayer for Jason that um, is a theme song not just for us, but for Congressman Tonko, who has it on his uh on his website. The St. Christopher's Fund will be there, and uh, our good friend uh, Kyla Lieberg of Truckers Against Trafficking. Uh, for anybody who picked up Challenge magazine this month, they put a really, really nice ad uh, in, in there for us, and we do thank them. Uh, they are one of our uh, silver sponsors. And actually, let me just go over our sponsors because we want to take the time to thank them. Um, without them, this wouldn't have happened. So here we go. Our silver sponsors, Pilot Flying J and Challenge Magazine, Idle Air, AirDoc, Safety First Sleep Solutions. Our bronze sponsors are OIDA, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing, The Load Post, Hotels for Truckers, LLC. Truckers Forum, Trans Products and Trans Services, and Trucker to Trucker. Uh, it's a great blog. Um, our good friend, uh, another Jim McCormick. Um, if I, I don't think I've missed anybody, but if I did, uh, you know, just give us a call in or put it in on the chat room. But I think I've got got you all. Um, I think that's it for the announcements tonight. I might think of one uh, later, Alan, so at the end of the show, if you want to just ask me if I have another one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, the big bombshell there was the uh, the hood sneaking down there to Mexico. Yeah, I, I know, but I'll tell you what, DeFazio <laughs> and Oida were ready. I mean, they yeah. have these uh, within it, an hour and a half. It's It's almost unbelievable. Uh, yeah. How quick they went up, but anyway, um, yeah, we'll we'll have to keep posted on all that. I'll be interested to hear uh, Rich his uh, his his thoughts on all this. I didn't get to talk to him today, and I, I know he talked to you for a while. I don't know if you guys went over it or not, but I know I didn't. Yeah, well, they're watching it, that's for sure. But okay, um, uh, okay, good. Sounds good. Okay, I'll double check at the end of the show. And uh, our show this evening, we're going to take a look at the uh, FMCSA 2011-2016 strategic plan, a five-year plan by the FMCSA to raise the safety level within the trucking industry. And it's a safety plan that consists of four parts. Uh, just quickly, CMB, safety first culture, exponential safety power, 
comprehensive data and technology utilization, and the fourth part being one FMCSA. And the FMCSA um, have issued their vision for uh, this five-year plan, and that is to save lives by striving toward a crash-free and fully accountable CMV transportation life cycle. And its uh, stated mission is to reduce crashes, injuries, and fatalities involving CMV transportation through education, innovation, regulation, enforcement, financial assistance, partnerships, and full accountability. And uh, it goes on and on, but the plan is based on establishing a uh, framework where safety is the highest priority of the FMCSA, and that framework, they say, is shaped by three core principles. One is to raise the bar to enter the motor carrier industry, and two is to maintain high safety standards to remain in the industry, and three, to remove high-risk carriers, drivers, and service providers from operations. So what does this all mean for the professional truck driver and the U.S. trucking industry as a whole? And how can you, the driver, get personally and individually involved in these regulatory decision-making processes? And if you do decide to get personally and individually involved, what are the proper actions to take as to increase the likelihood of the FMCSA and other regulatory bodies to sit up and take notice of your comments, suggestions, and ideas and so forth through the power of social media. So our special guest this evening is Richard Wilson, Safety and Regulatory Manager, Consultant and Trainer with Trans Products and Trans Services, located on the web at transproducts.com. And we'll take a closer look at the FMCSA strategic plan and how drivers can lend their own voices to the uh, regulatory decision-making process. So questions, comments, Come join the conversation. Our phone number three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero. So just a uh, uh, quick break, and when we return, our special guest Richard Wilson of TransProducts.com and a closer look at the FMCSA strategic plan. Stay with us. I'm just trying to make a living, running the road, loving my family from a cell phone. Nobody. The trucking brand. I'm trying to make a living running the road, loving my family from a cell phone. Nobody understands, can't get no helping hand. Lord, have mercy on the, the trucking brand. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com. 
or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. And be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. All right, we're back. Rich Wilson from TransProducts.com. Uh, welcome back to the show, Rich. Thank you. I hope my voice holds out today. <clears throat> we're yeah, try. Well, we'll try not to get you too excited and screaming or anything like that. All right. Um, I, um, well, let's see. What you know, Donna? Did you did you have a chance to look over that that uh, strategic plan? Oh, absolutely. Um, matter of fact. Um, the um the the mission statement um mm-hmm. i had to just say that uh reduce crashes injuries fatalities involving involving cmv transportation through education innovation uh regulation enforcement financial i mean it's got a you know a complete mission statement vision it separates it into those four four areas and then the 10 goals um i mean i i know um the the cdl uh training idea that that you submitted and then the truck driver fatigue i'm not sure which category um of those four areas um you submitted them under i think it was the safety first culture one yeah but the the whole idea of um of being able to uh i mean i suggest everybody look it over but the the opportunity to submit your ideas and then comment uh, and add to this, and that's what I wanted to ask Rich tonight. Um, are they putting those ideas up there uh, because they're going to add to this, uh, incorporate everybody's ideas if they think they're valid? Well, the, the thing about the strategic statement is, let's go back to the beginning basics of the FMCSA in 2000. When uh, the old, the old uh, ICC was abolished in the Federal Motor Carrier was developed, the uh, congressional mandate was that they had to have a mission statement, which anybody knows with Washington, the bureaucracy requires whatever agency it is to submit a plan to the secretary of whatever division that they're under. And because of this, um, they came up, and it's been 11 years to, you know, coming um, to the next five-year plan, which is they just introduced. And basically, it's been the general mission of the FMCSA to reduce crashes. We all know that. Um, and, and the difference is what's happening now is it's to reduce crashes, but where we need to be concerned and where we need to learn to teach the drivers to get involved is for many years we've all sat back and heard the same complaint. The guys in the suits where in Washington aren't you know, speaking on our behalf and they're not, um, you know, passing regulations that we can actually work with as carriers. So, you know, what they've done is, and I think what's happened through social media, is it's making aware to the drivers and to the company owners and to the corporate executives in these fleets that they're becoming more transparent by making available through several social outlets information to which drivers company owners and so forth and so on, can address their opinions now, and they can actually make comments on, on subjects. This, the, 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 this mission statement 
is something that's already into place. I mean, that's what is happening. You've read it. I've read it. And it's what they're already doing. And if you read in here, it's not only a strategic plan for the years 2011 to 216. It's a quick synopsis of what's currently being done and has been done for the past 11 years. It's just a continuation of that. So so the question is all like they're asking for all these ideas um to submit your idea. So um I mean where will they incorporate that uh if if it's a really great idea and they, and a thousand people get on there and uh make a comment on it or or add to it or like it or vote on it or whatever it is on that site that they're requesting. Um, will they take that idea and include it in whatever it is that um, they're trying to achieve? Um, it, what, what will happen is it will become part of the discussion and it will be part of the um, um, the whole dis- – uh, when they discuss, like, uh, regulations or the impact of regulations and how it will affect the drivers uh, and how it will affect the carriers and, and the financial um, – difficulties involved by that regulation it gives a you know it's kind of like the yin and yang um subject that it comes up with the you know all they hear is what the corporate level people speak of and what the advocacy groups have all been the only ones in there really you know giving any type of a feedback so they primarily they've been getting everything they want which has been negative and, and derogatory towards our industry and us being able to make a fair living so what this does, it equals the playing field by us being able to submit comments and to submit our side of it in an educated and, you know, uh, professional manner, and we can speak on the same level. And now instead of 5,000 comments by advocacy groups trying to hinder us, we're not going to bring it up to an equal playing level where our comments will, will carry just as much weight uh, in the decision-making processes. And this is the beginning of us being able to uh, voice our opinions and have our comments and, 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 and provide data to the federal motor carrier when they're making these decisions. Yeah, and what Alan was telling me before, it's going to make them more transparent and uh, accountable also. It will. Um, It'll make them more accountable because right now they, they, it's not an equal playing field. They have, like I said, you know, just using round numbers, I'm sure the numbers are much more and I just don't have the data available uh, because that's one of the transparency issues, you get the, you, you get bits and pieces when a, a, a notice of proposed rulemaking comes out, a request for comments, or even when the final rule comes out, there will be several comments that are, um, you know, that, that they give a condensed version of the comment, and then they'll come back and they'll give an answer to it. It doesn't necessarily mean that just because we make a comment that that's going to have an impact in our favor because I've seen in, in the final rules where they said the ATA made a comment, OIDA made a comment, um, you know, J.B. Hunt made a comment, Snyder made a comment, you know, Jackson Smith, an owner-operator, made a comment, and, and, and was all negative towards whatever the, uh, the final rule was. And the DOT or the FMCSA came back with a respondent that said, you know, we took all those into account and we don't believe it and we still think that it's going to, and we're going to do this. So, you know, but, the, but what I'm saying is getting the voice of the people, of the drivers, of the companies, teaching them how to um, 
go and find this information and have that same availability of information in the same time frame that the advocacy people have it can get us time to answer you know the the advocacy groups or or the the uh, safety people or the major trucking companies um you know it gives us it gives the individual owner operator or driver that same equal playing field that they get information at the same time frame the big guys do, and they can respond at the same time. And that's where, uh, especially with, with uh, the Driver Social Media Conference in Tunica, is really going to help because one of the things we're going to focus on is education, is training the drivers. Um, I'm going to give some tonight, um, one of the things I plan on doing, is giving a couple tidbits of uh, web bases, and how people can go sign up on the on the Federal Motor Carrier and get there's a whole list of items that you can sign up to have emails of notification. The feds will notify you when something comes out. And where education comes in is learning how to go to the site, how to look at and re, when you're reading the um, notices, um, look for the little strategic addresses in there to make your responses and how to go through that. And this is where it's going to become, you know, very important. You know, in the own mission statement, it, st it states it in the very mission statement itself when it talks about how many companies and how many drivers and how many people are involved, it says right in here that between state and federal staff members, there's like 13,000, 14,000 people involved, and yet it turns right around and it says that in next year, they plan on doing 3.4 to 3.5 million uh, commercial vehicle roadside inspections. There's a plan of 32,000 to 34,000 new entry-level DOT numbers going to be issued. And that's a lot of people. That's a lot of employees. That's a lot of drivers. And when you look at the amount of, of advocacy groups, you look at the amount of lobbyists, you look at all the people in FMCSA, the state highway, the truck enforcement people, you're talking less than 50 to 60,000. Their own numbers states that this year alone, and that's, or, in, or excuse me, in 2008, there was a half a million new CDLs issued. And mm -hmm. the, rate of the state motor vehicle departments are maintaining records on 13 million. 695,921 voices. And if we can educate, they talk about unity, they talk about the trucking, the truck drivers, the CDL holders, the non-CDL holders that are driving commercial vehicles, you know, that is a heck of a lot more voices than they have in Washington. And if we as a social media people and me as a trainer and an educator through sources like you and Alan can educate these people on how to go to these sites, get this information, we are going to be a voice to reckon with, and we will have a say in our future and our destiny under the regulations of the DOT. And, and that's, a, that's something, you know, you try to drive home to people. It's a... Um, it's it's a huge amount of people that we have, and to sit back and say, well, um, I've 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 written and it's no use, and they don't listen. Well, if a lot of people write, then somebody has to listen because you cannot ignore 
that many voices. Exactly. And the thing is, we have to we have to respond the same as with the advocacy groups, uh, the PATs, the crashes, um, you know, the high, advocacy for highway safety, AT and ATA, um, OIDA, the rest of them. They have professional people that sit down and read these through, get the points, um, pick out the points that are relevant to them. And the same thing that we have to do as drivers, as owners, as small company, as consultants, as advocates for the trucker, you have to take a few minutes. You have to read these through. You have to garnish the, 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 the key points. And you respond to those in an intelligent, educated, and professional manner. And this is why, you know, Tunica will be so great is we're going to teach the people that are there at that, and hopefully they can take that, you know, as, as for, you know, to use the term loosely, our disciples of our industry and go out and train other people. And the more people that get educated and trained that understand where to get this information, how to respond to this information, and how to respond to it in professional and educated manner and form will get the respect of the people in Washington, and they will say, look, this is a force to be reckoned with. These aren't just a bunch of yahoos in the parking lot drinking coffee and, and just, you know, all they're talking about is throwing the fist up of power and we're going to, you know, unite and we're going to shut the country down. That ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. Uh, I was involved in 79. I saw what happened with it. So this is the 21st century. This is the century of data. Data is what they're using against us. Data is what they're using against the drivers. Data is what's going to determine, like Alan said, what's going to maintain the good companies coming in, the current companies staying in, and getting rid of the companies going out. So if data is going to be their source to do enforcement, then data needs to be our source to protect ourselves. Okay, well, how 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 important is it to understand we've got to dig a little deeper into this strategic plan for those who may not really know anything about it. What? How important is it for anybody, for us to understand, like, the four parts of this plan, like the safety first culture, the exponential safety power? I mean, um, it, it, does that render – you know, importance to um, to go over what each one of those four parts are, or is that just uh, a bunch of words? Um, it, it's a lot of rhetoric, um, and which you, you you know, Alan, as well as I do. you got to mm-hmm. read these, and then what you do is it's 17 pages, okay? And out of 17 pages, about 14 of them will put you sound to sleep. But there, <laughs> yeah. there is key pages, and one of them is page 8, and it says maintaining the high standards. And there's three major, four, four major issues involved with this that, that truck drivers, small company owners, and uh, people associated with our industry need to understand. And, and it's kind of like, the, it's like the, the, the core of the apple, you know, and it's the future of the FMCSA's regulatory compliance program, which is CSA. We all know what CSA is. We've had, you've had shows on it. Everybody knows it's the new program to enforce current regulations broke down by seven basics, so forth and so on. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and it kind of explains what CSA is, is that their, that's their mission statement on their enforcement and how they're going to enforce. The second initiative is launching support 
and maintaining high standards of the National Registries of Certified Medical Examiners. We know what this is, right? This is what they're going out, and now they're, they're going out and making people that are going to do the physicals be registered in a database. Here we go again. Here's that keyword, data, and that are approved and, and do go through a training process and that can do uh, DOT physicals, you know, um, more comprehensively and then tie that directly into the driver's CDL so if their medical card does expire, now they're going to have their DCDL downgraded to a non-CDL. So the importance of maintaining that you keep your CDL and or you keep your medical card up to date, you don't let it expire like it, it used to be. You pull onto the scale and the guy says, hey, your medical card's expired. Yeah, I know. Okay, you got to write up for it, but he lets you go. Now, that very same thing is going to be where you pull onto the scale, your medical card is expired, you're now driving unmedically qualified, which is going to have a high, 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 about an 8 or a 9 with an out-of-service, so you can multiply that on the uh, DSMS. Then you're going to get caught driving a vehicle while not qualified because you have no CDL. Well, we can know, tell you two things right there to note. One, can you imagine what the fine's going to be if you get caught driving a tractor-trailer with an invalid CDL? And number two... <laughs> Yeah, there's another out of service. So here's another mm -hmm. eight or nine. So we've just picked up about 40 points on one stop because our medical card ex expired. But, you know, and, 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 and their excuse is they want standardization so it's a play, a, a, uh, even playing field for all medically qualified drivers. I don't quite agree with that, but that's for another show. The third initiative is developing and supporting and maintaining um, higher standards of CDL drugs. Now, this is something that has just barely been touched on, but is in the um, um, statement that is very important. What that is is all reporting of all drug and alcohol to a central database. What's the word again? Data. Data. <laughs> Data. So all reports of all uh, failures of drug and alcohol, um, and, and to make sure that companies meet their 50%, will all be maintained probably by a third-party contractor, again, American money being spent at its finest for somebody's brother and sister-in-law that needs a job. But they're going to get a database. And then the fourth is going to be removing high-risk drivers and vehicles. Very important to the drivers listening on the radio show. What does this mean? This means that all the CSA, PowerPoints, education, books that the FMCSA has put out there explaining that your DSMS, your driver safety management system, will not rate you, will not make public your data or your information, and will be kept at the strictest confidence only available to you, your current carrier, or a prospective employer through PSP if you grant them permission. Okay? I knew when going through the CSA, CSA program, like I did from its inception, and listening to the talk in Washington, that was never the goal of this. The goal of this was to make a driver the same as a motor carrier. I can go on the line, and any driver out there can go online to the Federal Motor Carrier website, look at their company's current CSA standards, see if they have any high alerts, see if they're in danger. Well, guess what? There is a potential here, and John Hill made the statement himself um, 
when he was in there, that the whole driver SMS system was being developed to make it available to the general public. That did not go over real well, so they quickly came in and snuffed that down and hit it and say, no, that will not happen. But they waited for the next reauthorization, you know, the highway reauthorization bill, and part of that gives the Federal Motor Carrier the um, uh, authority to disperse this information, and they even admit in that reauthorization bill that this is probably going to met with litigation and legal aspects, and they want the blessing of the DOJ forward with this. So, you know, by saying that, what does that say? That says they had no intention of keeping it secret, and in fact, there's a line right in the removing high-risk driver and carrier says, additionally, the agency will pursue a methodology to assess safety fitness of drivers, further identify unsafe drivers who should not be in the industry. And how do you do that? You put the information out there for all to see to publicly ruin them. Wow. Um, that leads, I, I wanted to ask you, in the beginning, uh, you know, drivers don't have scores. Oh, absolutely not. Now we're hearing that drivers will have scores. Is is this rumor? Is this true? No, this was the uh, – okay, this is the way I'm going to put it to you. I mean, this is one of those understanding how the rules in Washington are played, which are not the same rules as football, baseball, tennis court, or NASCAR, okay? The rules play is they make submittals asking and requesting permission to um, enforce, Okay. So if they put in an enforcement, if you read between lines, and says, we want authorization and we want power to empowerment to enforce the next level of removing unsafe drivers, okay, and preventing those drivers from being on the road, what do you think the most logical, reasonable way to prevent an unsafe driver from being on the road? Unsafe stating, I'm not saying the driver's unsafe. I'm saying the, the driver may have been put into a vehicle that wasn't repaired but is held accountable for the actions of his employee that could put a denture against his um, history and, and cause him to not get a job. And it has nothing to do with PSP because PSP, the powers to be in Washington, that, that like myself, that, that advocate and go over there, when any time that they charge for anything, like the PSP, where you got to pay the $10, they will mm -hmm. eventually come around with a way to give it for free because the whole purpose was to set the database up and pay for it. Once it's paid for, once the database is in place and the legalities are worked out, then it becomes available to all. Why do you think I can go on, you can go on, Alan, any one of your listeners can go on and look up any company and look at their seven basic scores and their overall SMS before we ever apply to a job there. Why would I want to go apply for a job with a company that has an hours of service of 91 or that has a maintenance of 99? You think they're going to fix my truck when I ask it? No. You think they're going to force me to run illegal hours? Pretty much. Oh, I'm sure. I want to go work <laughs> Why? It's the same thing with a company. A company has access to the driver's information. Why would he even? Why would they even entertain hiring him? 
And just so people uh, know, um, Rich is referring when he says um, HOS and 99, and that's part of the seven basics of CSA that you look at, right, Rich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, that's the uh, threshold numbers that is issued um, that took place of the old safe set, you know, 41 to 45, 45 to 75, and 75 to 100. That's the new system, you, uh, you know. Um, threshold so the system. lower the numbers, the better. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, they even put a little speedometer on there, and uh, we always say that when you get up around 65, you got her running about 2,400 RPM, and she's about done. Well, I'll tell you what, the FMCSA should have an app for that. The FMCSA, Donna, should have a lot of things, but for some reason, anything that is publicly uh, proficient in, in sharing the information and the wealth doesn't seem to be something that's high on their budget priority. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Let's take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll um, continue our discussion with uh, Rich Wilson of uh, TransProducts.com. And if I can ever figure out this uh, this uh, new board here, I have here. But we'll uh, we'll be right back. Stay with us. It's like pumping my money down an endless hole. What they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll? Tell me what they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll. Hey truckers, are you tired of not being able to find a place to take a break? Are the truck stops and rest areas full at night, or you just want to take a break from the sleeper? Hotelsfortruckers.org will help you find a hotel where you can fit in. Choose from thousands of trucker-friendly hotels across America that accommodates a 75-foot-long tractor trailer, and you can get great discounts and specials through Hotelsfortruckers.org. And if you're traveling with a pet or a smoking preference or need laundry facilities, the free information on the website includes an extensive database to locate the address, phone number, and direct web links to the hotels. And if you use a hotel room at least one time per year, then you can take advantage of the $10 annual membership, which allows easy access to view hotels, which offer additional CDL trucker discounts, nationwide hotel chain discounts, and even room coupon specials. Hotelsfortruckers.org's database is comprised of the most extensive list of properties that offer the most needed trucker amenities. So visit the website today, Hotelsfortruckers.org, to find the hotel that is right for you. Hotels for Truckers was built by a trucker for truckers to help you get in where you fit in. That's Hotels, the number four, Truckers.org. All right, welcome back. We're talking with Rich Wilson of TransProducts.com, a regulatory expert. We're discussing the FMCSA strategic plan. So, uh, <clears throat> Rich, I think earlier you had said, I mean, if this is basically the same thing that, that they, you know, that's been going on that they've been doing for the last 11 years or whatever you said, uh, uh, so what, what does this whole thing mean for drivers specifically? I mean, it's, what's the big change that they're going to see? Well, the thing the thing that drivers have to be aware of, I think now is, you know, when the last time this came out, I don't know many drivers that even knew about it. 
You know, it happened. It was happening. It was ha- they, you know, they didn't even have any idea of what was going on, how it was going on until you know their safety man or something called them in and had a meeting and said, "Oh, by the way, here's the new rules." Um, and they, they, you know, a lot of the drivers, you know, weren't in the, you know, didn't see the processes of it going to fruition. Um, and this, this is what I like, you know, about social media and 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 us using the same thing the Fed uses data and getting the word out so we can make poor educate and make drivers more aware of what is happening. Um, you know, one of the um one of the things that, that that I noticed in here under the comprehensive data technology utilization under initiatives and outcomes is you know, it talks about how they're developing data and technology um, you know, such as the ER AOBRs assist the agency in identifying non compliant carriers. Um, you know the the committee that was just formed under Mixic that uh, uh, that to come out and uh, come up with data transmission that's a compatible system. So uh, roadside officers, um, you know the DOT sitting in the regional offices can monitor uh, carriers and data being transmitted on a real time basis all the time. Um, you know um, there are many other technology solutions. Um, that on how state partners and how they can formulate internet IRP, uh, unified registration, PRISM, CVS, uh, you know, CVISN, uh, inspections, and everything else. And, and what they're basically saying is they're improving high-quality safety data, data collected by FMCSA and disseminated through a single commercial motor vehicle transmission network. So they will know every little thing you're doing or didn't do by the single push of a button. And included in that will be driver information. And that's where drivers need to be aware and, and, and get the information that's coming available to them so they can be aware of it. Because, you know, I go all over the country, as you all well know, and train, and I'm finding even though here it is, you know, July of 2011, how many companies don't even understand CSA, don't even know how they're being, um, you know, the enforcement process or how they're being watched and, and how they're being rated. And it's the same thing with drivers. So the importance, I think, of the strategic plan in of its whole or self really doesn't have that much of an impact on, you know, of directly affecting drivers right this minute, the main concern is that the drivers have the avail- information available to them as it's coming out and gets a heads up on the way they're going to be treated and, and, and the way things you know are going to go, um, either in their favor or more likely not in their favor, and respond to it, you know, accordingly as it you know as each individual item within this strategic plan is introduced either as a uh, notice of proposed rulemaking or submit for comment. Have you ever seen a, any kind of a regulation idea that they were kicking around or anything where drivers submitted their comments and suggestions and thoughts where those comments and ideas from drivers actually made an impact on the uh, regulation that was uh, being looked at? Absolutely. I can tell you one that just happened recently. Okay. Hours of service. The new hours of service rule. They've moved that all the way back to October now. They've had two listening sessions. They've got more comments came in on that than on any other 
um, notice the proposed rulemaking in the history of the Federal Motor Carrier, and uh, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I wish I could say this and say, yes, we won, it's not going to happen, uh, because there's, it's tied up in the courts and everything, but it's continued to be tied up. But do you realize they were mandated by Congress, we were supposed to have that this month? Yeah, yeah. And it's not <laughs> happening, is it? So now it's pushed up, and that was through uh, open sessions and through these uh, governmental portal websites, just like we're talking about, where they can uh, <clears throat> lend their voices to the decision-making process, huh? Absolutely. Do you think that the, do you think the Federal Motor Carrier appeased the advocacy groups by pushing it back for four or five months? And there's no guarantee that it's going to come into effect in October. I'm just saying, right now, I mean, they we may – and I say we, and I speak on behalf like you do, of the drivers, the small carriers, the companies, uh, people that are advocates, people that are associated, affected by the industry. We put a campaign on and went out there, and we wrote and we put in comments. We flooded the system, and federal law requires them to read every comment, post every comment, and it goes into the dock. You and I, I know how many times, Alan, did you and I sit back and read comments that were coming into the G, uh, GYO? I mean, it was right. happening every day. So, so yes, does it have an impact? America, drivers, owners, yes, it does have an impact. But what made it have an impact? Why was that amount of people involved sending those in? Because of social media, education, training, and understanding, and having people like yourself other advocates, myself, there's thousands of people out here that got on the bandwagon, and we educated so the drivers could talk intelligently, could respond to how it would directly affect, you know, them individually, you know, like you and I discussed in, about how it would with you working nights and how you would lose a load a week, eventually, five a month. And, right. and that was a very important impact of your particular situation, and that's where educating the drivers. Don't go into a general cookie-cutter, you know, fall in line and say, oh, it's terrible, we'll never make any money. Give specifics how it affects you, how your paycheck will be affected. Your, your, you know, go to your company and explain. You know, sometimes the driver can teach the boss a lesson. And if he is wise and he gets this information and walk into the boss and say, hey, you need to look at this. This just came out on the federal website. It will affect you and your operation. You know, that's a wiser driver. That's a driver that shows interest in his company. That is, an, that is what we need to do, improve our drivers, improve the, 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 um, um, what the drivers look like, you know, um, that the drivers are as intelligent as they are and that they're not just, you know, a bunch of wahoos running around, you know, going to take the world over with their Peterbilts and Kenworths. You know, they're educated people. They're professional people. You know, their image is that of a professional, educated individual. And where does it start? It starts with the view of the people that look down on them the most, and that's the advocacy groups that are feeding the federal motor carrier. Absolutely, and just for everybody listening out there, um, our call-in number is 
Um, this is Rich Wilson. He's uh, our uh, regulatory speaker at the 2011 Truck Driver Convention uh, on October 15th in Tunica, Mississippi. So um, anyway, Rich, um, I wanted to ask you what, what the impact, I mean, because it seems to be going up uh, very quickly. Social media uh, two years ago was pretty much um, – very, very small uh, as far as uh, truck drivers go. I mean, they were in the trucking forums. Um, that was kind of their social media thing. There was a few blogs. But um, Facebook, I think, and Twitter has really networked a lot of drivers. And do you notice a lot of discussions? Uh, I mean, I know I do um, when, I look at, when I look at our board. But do you notice a lot more intelligent discussions and people really coming up with some valid and unique ideas? Um, yes, I do, and, and I will and I will say this: that uh, since I've been involved in the social media culture, um, which hasn't been as long as a lot of other people, um, I, I've noticed that just the um, learning level. Of some of the people um, when they when they first come on or I first befriend them or whatever, and some of the questions that they asked me um, were very elementary um, and were very very opinionated. You know, in other words, their question had an opinion, and you know, and I I'm not like some of these consultants that deal with the owners of the company and the safety managers and you know don't deal with the drivers. I believe in teamwork, and I will go through the driver sometimes to get to the owner because they're the ones that, that, that are, you know, the lifeblood of the company. They're the ones that are running the company. You might have 300 drivers and have six people in the office, but, you know, they're out there on the road, and a lot of times it's the same thing. I've noticed when, um, um, you know, discussions in social media, um, you're going to have your one or two people that are going to go in there that, that are going to have their black ops, you know, opinion. But then you're going to have other people that, you know, if you can get the one guy that makes a statement and you don't have to put him down or degrade him, but you can say, listen, um, you know, let me explain something to you. Please read all the way through what I got to say. Just don't read the first three lines. And if you, once you get through to them and get them reading the whole paragraph, and then they come back and they go, oh, yeah, you're right. And then you watch this, and as it progresses and it grows and it matures, that person mature, matures in their, their blogs, their posts, and you can tell they're learning. And that's a good thing. And that's where I see social media really working. Um, you know, it's gonna be, there's going to be belches and burps like there is in anything. And you're going to have the few that are, you know, the negatives and, oh, there's nothing we can do and everything else. You know, and that's fine. And let them have their opinion. It's free speech. God bless America. Thank God we had it. But the thing about it is you look at the few that you gain out of it, that you educate, and that you can tell them to the sites to go on or they message you later and they say, that was really interesting. What site was that? And you send them a link. And, it's, and then you look at some of their posts as they go down the road. They start posting the same things you're posting, and they're reading them, and they get and 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 they're being um, more professional, and they're speaking on a higher level of intelligence. And they're not accepting everything they read everywhere as as fact. I think I see them, um, you know, holding people accountable. Like if somebody writes something, uh, and they feel it's wrong. 
I mean, we've got a lot of intelligent people um, on our our, uh, Facebook page, and I just noticed, you know, they will make one another accountable. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's not as polite as I wish it was on there, but, you know, hey, it's freedom of speech, and unless they're absolutely being, you know, totally derogatory towards the other person or, or, you know, out of line, but... Um, they'll hold each other accountable, and yeah, uh, uh, people have to go in and, and look it up and take the time and not just blab things because you you know how it is. I, I know um, Alan gets a kick out of it. People on the CBs, I, I remember him saying he shut his CB off years ago, but they um, they just blab all kinds of rumors and half-truths and, and everything, and you can't get away with that on social media and that goes for um companies uh people everybody it's a it's a really transparent thing um you brought up a very good point if i can cut in right quick here you brought up a very very good point and i really want the listeners to hear this um you know we're talking about uh making comments we're talking about writing in um you know specific information and being very precise concise you know and, and backing it up with numbers one thing i will caution I will caution, be very careful when you submit something, when you enter your name as a representative of the company you drive for. I do not recommend that. Write it in, make your response as an individual, as a person. Use your name. Do not associate yourself with your company unless you have written permission by the company to associate yourself with the company. Your beliefs may not be that of the company. And if you do associate yourself and you do write it in, and, excuse me, somebody in your company actually does read those and they find out you may be a viol- you may have violated a company policy and could find yourself out of a job. So I do recommend if you are an employee of a company, especially the larger companies, give them your individual name, but don't give them your company you work for. That is usually, uh, um, you know, an additional. It's not a required uh, who you represent. If you want to put in there who you represent, yourself. But, yeah, don't associate your name when making a comment if, for the company you work for. It may not be their same stance as you have. Yeah, you don't you don't want to present yourself as a representative of you know an official representative of the company that might just like you said, Rich, is really backfire on you. Yeah, that could definitely cause your PSP to jack up real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Donna, let me ask you. I mean, you were on this .gov site, you know, about this uh, strategic plan, and uh, you know, I put some comments up there and stuff, and I noticed you were on there reading. I mean, did you did you see many comments from drivers? Oh, after you put yours up? Oh, yeah. Um, I um I noticed uh quite a few people now. Um I mean not a tremendous amount, but people are putting their own ideas in, uh which is what we were trying to get them to do. I mean, it's yes, look at everybody's ideas and if you agree with it, comment. Um I I think actually I think um the CDL training one, that very first one you put up there, mm-hmm. I think that one has the most uh, votes. Uh, and actually, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's been a hot topic for the last five years. So, um, you know, that looks like a hot one. But 
yeah, I, I notice a lot of people are putting more, submitting more of their own ideas, and, um, you know, we'll have to look at that tonight and just kind of read through them and, you know, vote on them and everything. Yeah, and that's but one I, thing I'm looking forward to with you, Rich, at the convention is you're going to touch, you know, you're going to talk more about, you know, <clears throat> There's a lot more to it than just getting on there and throwing a comment up. I mean, there's a certain way, a certain you know, a certain way to do it and act, and and uh, I, I'm sure you're going to be covering a lot of that. That's exactly one of the things we're going to be covering. Um, you know, uh, the professionalism, um, what sites to go to, you know, how to um, copy and paste document numbers um, to go right directly and quickly. Um, the key, you know, one thing that I will say about all this is there's one thing you have to do before you can submit anything. You have to take five seconds and register. With anything that you supply a comment to, you have to register. And that's what I find I think is one of the biggest drawbacks is some people have, you know, on the social media, very legitimate responses, but you never see them on the sites. And I, my job is to monitor these sites. I do this as an advocate. And the thing is, I, you know, I see these same people, you know, repeatedly making comments but yet I never see them on any of these sites. And they're good, legitimate comments. The thing is, when you register, especially like the one that you just put the comments up on, you know, the strategic plan, if you give them your email, do you know you get notifications of people that comment on what you comment on? And you can oh, follow yeah. it up and send you an email. Yeah. That's the greatest thing in the world. Let them tell you who's commenting on your stuff. You know? Right. I mean, that's, the, the system is there to use it. And that's one thing that we plan on doing, you know, when we got more time and, and we're, you know, face-to-face -face with these guys. And I plan on putting PowerPoint together to put these up there so they can copy these things down. And once you get it, you put it in your computer and you bookmark it. And it takes you right to the page you need to go to so you don't have to go through eight or nine pages. You know, Donna asked me a question the other day. She says, where do you get all these things, uh, 20 years a bookmarking, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I have a list, and you know, and I put it in, um, in list of relative importance, and I go through it every day, and there's a lot of shared information on here. You know, anything that's the good of our industry, isn't you know, other people don't mind you sharing that information as long as you don't plagiarize, but you know, you can share that with other drivers because that's what they want, you know, and if you use their link and you say, share this link, go to this link, and you go read that article, then they've got another reader, you know, which helps them. But it also, it, it that kind of justifies the time you take to go read these things. You know how we all share links all the time. I try to post with you guys new stuff that I find. You share it. By the end of the day, it's shared 100 times. That's 99 more people that wouldn't have known that than two weeks ago. You see? So this is where... It is important to know where to look, and don't be afraid to copy and paste that or share it, you know, on, on, on Facebook. You know, Donna may find something I don't. I may find something that Donna don't. You may find something that Donna and I don't. But if we share it, then everybody has a piece of it. And I've noticed just in the last couple weeks that a lot of things have been discussed that would have had to wait a week, a week and a half, or two weeks to make, you know, printed media or other medias that are now happening the same day and drivers are being aware of it the same day it happens. And this is why it's important to anybody that can get to that social media um, convention in Tunica 
is to learn to get educated and make themselves better knowledgeable of their industry, and it makes them more of that professional driver they so want to be. Uh, it, plus, I, I think I think drivers for years, um, you know, have been beaten down. Um, they they considered unskilled labor. I know I, I've been reading a lot on um, different pages on Facebook, not just our pages, but other pages. Oh well, we're still unskilled labor, and and I think it's that beating down and to have an event to really um, unite and honor. And uh, uh, say, listen, we're we're an intelligent group of people, and we're going to do something. We're going to make an impact, and it's not going to be from parking the truck on the side of the road. Because, I mean, as far as I can see, every time somebody's even started that, I mean, I I don't know of a hundred trucks that have uh, joined in with it. So I don't know how you know. And you talk about the '79 strike. So I think those days are pretty much over. I'm not saying that would never happen, but I think if you had more um, uniting power through the pen, power through your voice, learning how to be an advocate, uh, a lobbyist, um, just like these advocacy groups, I I think you just have much higher self-esteem and and more power, wouldn't you think? Alan, Rich? Every driver has the chance and the opportunity to be an advocate for themselves and for their industry. And by unity, nowadays we talk about it, data, 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 the four letters from hell, data. But it can also be a godsend because we can use that same data to our benefit for unity. And let me tell you, when I, like I quoted, 13,695 voices will have an impact. But right. we yeah. hit 13 million people educated into how to present themselves and how to get to these sites and how to make their voice. And that's what I think is the next level of education, uh, making drivers aware of regulations and you know before they come out. That's why a comment period comes out months and months, and sometimes the proposed rulemaking is a year before the final rule comes out, and just like with the hours of service, the best example I've got right now, those hours of service rules, it hit. It came out. It came out hard. We attacked it. The, the, the truckers attacked it. The companies attacked it. Hell, the suppliers of tires and fuel to the truckers attacked it. This guy selling the trucks attacked it. Do you realize the, the, remember in 2003 and 2005, the, the new set of rules that came out? Hell, we were spinning around backwards with a new set of rules, and 90% of the drivers after they went into effect didn't even know there were new hours. Now, yeah. Yeah. not only Pre- do they know there's new hours, they're opposing them. So just and it's going to get better and better. Now, yeah, let, let, me jump, let me jump in here. I've got a... I don't know. This uh, this new switchboard I have is totally different. So, but I want to try to get a caller in here if they're wanting to speak. Uh, area code seven six three. Did uh, did you want to be on the air? Yeah, Alan. It's Jason. Hey. Oh, hey, Jason. How are you? How are you guys doing? Good. Um, I, I just kind of wanted to touch on the same, well, same thing that, that Richard and Donna were just t- touching on, and I guess the best way to put it is. 
we've all got tools when we're driving those trucks. We've all got our gloves. We've all got our rulers. We've got our pens and everything else. Now we have another tool that it needs. people need to look at it as a tool. We have the tool now of having the information that much quicker. We need to take that tool, put it in our pocket when we get in the truck with us, and use that tool. The data that we can get through social media, just with, you know, with online access, especially nowadays with smartphones, et cetera, gives us the option, gives us the power to have direct access, instantaneous access to this stuff as it comes out. And they're and facts, that's what, and that's the thing I think um, we were talking about was they, these are facts. You, you have knowledge, uh, and when there's knowledge, you know, you know what to do. People usually, from what I find, they don't want to participate because they're insecure. They don't know if what they're saying is correct. But once you have it there and you read it and you understand it, then you feel like you can make an intelligent comment. And I think that's true. I mean, it's, it's at their fingertips. And you know, the, the, this is the great part. I would say only about, what would you say, everybody, a 10%? Of the 13 million, have uh, are, are into social media. I mean, can you picture that a year or two from now? Because that's that's quickly rising. You know, uh, everybody's jumping on the bandwagon with it. So if if we can make an impact now with HOS with with only 10 percent, just just think what we could do with uniting, and that's. Kind of what our objective is, one of the objectives uh, for October. You know, yeah, I like exactly. I like to use the analogy. This is the opportunity we have to hand a microphone to every driver out there. Oh yeah, and especially, I mean, I don't know of any time. And Rich, tell me if I'm wrong, or Alan, if you knew of something um, where uh, there was an event where drivers actually could come up and share their ideas and this is all going to be on a um on a DVD uh, a 2 hour DVD well 16 hours of the convention so um you know the highlights obviously uh for the open forum and everything so um when has that ever happened to have such things recorded and shared and uh and like that. No, I, I don't. I don't know of ever happening. I mean, anything specifically for truck drivers. I mean, um, I mean, I'm I'm almost positive it's never happened. I mean, I've been in it 34 years, lived out on the road most of my life. I mean, you know, the only thing there was was just the trucking shows. But as far as specifically for truck drivers and truck drivers only, I don't know of anything. How uh, How about you, Jason? No, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything that anything with this much, you know. And quite honestly, the word to use is how much power it can wield, you know. And and in a short time frame, uh, where Richard addressed it, you know, pretty clearly. I mean, years ago, we weren't finding stuff out until after it was already put into place. And now we know before it's going into place. And quite frankly, people really need to hold their head up and say, "Hey, I have a voice. I'm going to use it." I'm not going to be looked down on in this industry anymore. You know, I have a tool. I have the power to, to you know, to use that tool and, and use it effectively. And instead of just sharing things, get active in it. He, you know, he mentioned, uh, you know, saving things on, you know, you know on, your, on your browser, you know, just bookmarking things, putting in your list of favorites. Do that. But instead of just doing that, 
take 5, 10, 15 minutes of your day before you lay down in the sleeper and read through some of the stuff that you've bookmarked. You don't have to sit and read it all through, you know, in a 10-hour straight long period. Just, <laughs> you know, 5 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, and people will be surprised at how much that they will learn rather than listening to truck stop banter, the, the you know, the arguments on the CB. Take that stuff and, you know, put it aside and read the actual facts and not just from one side of the fence. Look at it from both sides of the fence. Try and stay objective. You can have your personal views and your opinions. That's fine. You can express those however you feel. But take into account both sides of it and think of the best proactive way to come across as a professional and still get your point across, get your opinion across, and get your comments heard. You know, when I, yeah, you know one thing I was thinking when you said that, Jason, was about the CB. You know, you're saying be proactive and positive, and and uh, one reason I shut my CB off about ten years ago was uh, it, it's so negative, and it, it can keep that negativity on you till you're just so beaten down you don't want to do anything. I I just thought it was interesting when you said uh, to <laughs> turn that CB off. Well, you the know that point. You know what you're for. all describing? It's the power not to be a victim. Because I think once you make an assertive move and and take action and instead of just, oh, it won't work, all this, all that, then you're you're no longer a victim in accepting what comes. What's that saying? And I know, Alan, I'm always asking you because I can't remember it, but Fred Schaffner had the greatest saying. What is it? Yeah, stand up, speak out, or accept what comes. There you go. Yeah, so I, I know I... Uh, I, it just kind of struck me when he said, "When I always think about that when I hear somebody say something about a CB. But thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Um, uh, clock winding down here, Rich. Uh, what's your final thoughts? You know, I, I, I got a funny thing that you're talking about the CB. I have a good friend of mine that uh, uh, works for, the, you know, the truck enforcement officer, and he said the worst thing happened to truck enforcement officers when good drivers quit using CBs and started using Blackberries and uh, iPads because he said they could always sit there and monitor the CB and figure out which truck they wanted to pull in because he would be could he be bragging all the way up the road just how heavy he was or how fast he was running or how many hours he uh-huh. ran. So, um, that was a good thing, but you know we solved we you know we we uh, ended six wars, solved uh, thirty thousand uh, world crisis issues on CBs and in the parking lot, and those days are gone. I mean the good old days aren't the good old days anymore. You know data data is where it's at, and you know to you know we we don't have to look at this as a battle, as a war, as somebody that's going to win or somebody that's going to lose. We need to be educated. We need to get this information, and it becomes available immediately. React to it. React in a positive manner. Um, you know, put our opinions in. I, I, I just talked to a guy the other day, and just a, a, a quick little suggestion. Anytime you make a comment, if you are a person that is lacking in words and putting it down, copy and paste a statement that you disagree with or you agree with Place it in your comment and then write a short reason how that affects you. That will make you much more proficient and give you more confidence in submitting it. Because if you're answering a direct question and if you read most of the comment period items, that is one of the things that they do. They want you to address particular issues. So the best thing to do at that point 
is to write in it or copy and paste an issue or a question or a comment and comment to that. It doesn't have to be, I'm going to kill the world, I'm going to shoot somebody, I'm going to park my truck and go out of business. No, if a comment is something that is directly affecting you and will cost you money, explain how it will cost you money. You must have thought it would cost you money. You must understand it's going to cost you something. Express it. Express it to the comment. It's very easy to write a comment that way. I think once people start, then all they have to do is write in one, and then they're on a roll, and they just want to keep commenting on everything. That's what I've noticed. And the last yeah. comment is, do not write war and peace. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, Richard, appreciate your expertise. Thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Glad we can. And I'm really looking forward to meeting all the listeners and all the people that are playing, that are going to attend Tunica. And I hope I can bring some information and knowledge and training and understanding of how to go through these processes, how to look them up, and how to comment on them. And I'm looking forward to seeing everybody in October. We are too, and uh, it'll be good to see you again. It's been a, it's been a couple of months. Yes, it has. All right. Thanks again, and uh, we will uh, catch you down the road. Donna, do you have? Did you think of anything else you wanted to say? You know, I did. I have two uh, two things that I, I didn't bring up in the beginning of the show. Okay. I just wanted to, uh, I did announce the Jason's Law campaign to keep calling, but I didn't, uh, I failed to, to say that Barry Allen and David Ayers are still uh, donating to the Rivenberg Fund, to the Jason's Law Fund, uh, on their CD when the big rigs don't roll. So um, to purchase a copy, uh, a portion of that goes to that fund. And that has the Jason's Law song on it, uh, Say a Prayer for Jason, and When the Big Rigs Don't Roll. And also, no, it doesn't have the human trafficking song uh, on it, but um, that's on the YouTube video. But anyway, that, and I failed to announce our platinum sponsor, uh, Dancing Skeletons uh, Video. Uh, it's a professional uh, video team. Uh, they're pretty pretty popular in the TV world, so this is going to be a, a professional uh, video that we're going to be um, offering people. And for those of you who signed up by July 5th, we had that offer, and quite a few of you took advantage of that. Um, uh, everybody up until July 5th is getting a, um, a, a two-set DVD of the highlights of that uh of that convention. So congratulations to all of you who signed up in time. I'm, we're going to be glad to give that. And also you get the CD of When the Big Rigs Don't Roll. So um, we're just happy to be able to offer you that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great CD. That's what we kind of play the clips off of here. And uh, the DVD, like you said, Dancing Skeleton Productions, boy, they uh, – Boy, they produce some world class, right. world class videos. <laughs> very fortunate. Um, I, when I and I just want to tell everybody the story. It's very short. When I spoke to Kelly over there, we had quite a few conversations, and of course they're world class. And um, when she heard what we were doing, she spoke to her um, her people. And they were so enthused uh, for this that they worked with us to be able to um, do the DVDs at this kind of professional level that uh, will be will be done. So we want to thank them very much. Um, we look forward to meeting them 
and we know it's going to be a tremendous, uh, a tremendous video, two-set video. All right, sounds good. Uh, thanks again to Richard Wilson of TransProducts.com for joining us this evening, and thank you for listening in from your phone or PC, wherever you may be. So keep up to date on our shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash truthabouttrucking, and be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorites, and come join us to recognize and honor the professional trucker for all that they do at the uh, – First annual Truck Driver Social Media Convention. Check it out at truckingsocialmedia.com. So for Truth About Trucking Live and along with Donna Smith, I'm Alan Smith, Drive Safe, and thanks for listening. Badly DOT, dispatcher on me. High fuel, crazy rules, flat tire, no tools. Traffic jam, flim flam, run around my Uncle Sam. Cheap freight, overweight, they say I'm always running late. NAFTA, messy bugs, coffee from a thermos mug. Four wheelers switching lanes, driving crazy in the rain. Bad wreck, bottleneck, people start to rubberneck. Fire stars, people shout, stop my rig and pull them out. I'm in the trucking family. All that freight on a concrete sea. I'm in the trucking family. I can handle anything that you throw at me. I'm in the trucking family. Scam schools, half truths, shady companies in cahoots. Tight shoes, fast boots, got a load coming loose. AC's out, mad spouse, wrong directions for my route. Computer quit, tire split, dispatcher has a screaming fit. Closing stops, crooked shops, another driver just got shot. No idle burning up, in the winter freeze my butt. Wanna shout, no doubt, company wants to start me out. Dead phone is home, at times I feel so all alone. I'm in the trucking family, they haul that freight on a concrete. I'm in the trucking family I can handle anything that you throw at me This job is tough, but truckers are too We can haul this freight to bucks too So just get it up, get out of the way We can take the heat and earn our pay What the heck? Please try.